Hi, I'm Brad Constantine, and this is a Come Follow Me podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official podcast of the church, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. This year's study is the Book of Mormon. Each week, a new summary podcast of that week's Book of Mormon chapters will be released. But if you want a more detailed analysis of each individual chapter, those will also be available to listen to. I hope this Come Follow Me resource will be helpful to you. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast so you'll be notified each week of a new episode. I hope you like this uh, format. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Book of Mormon um, podcast. This is going to be for lesson number 26, which will cover Alma chapters 23 to 29 and will be for the period June 29th through July the 5th. Can you believe we're already halfway through the year? It's going by very quickly, isn't it? All right. Um, now, the interesting thing about this is we got lots of people being converted. We've got lots of uh, people that are trying to kill each other. Uh, a lot of things going on in this, in this particular section of scriptures. So uh, remember that before we had um, Ammon and his brothers have been going forth preaching the gospel. They've converted lots of the Lamanites. And so now we're going to have a report here by... Um, or in, in chapter um, 23, we, we read about Ammon, Aaron, Omner, and Himni, and uh, that they are going forth among the, the, the Lamanites. Now remember that Limhi uh, is allowing the people to, uh, or is saying to the people that they can't uh, do any harm to Ammon and his brothers, uh, to give them free access to be able to preach the gospel wherever they want to go. And so they're having quite a bit of success. It mentions in verse 5 that thousands are brought to the knowledge of the Lord. And so that's a happy moment for them. And so then it mentions in verses 8, 9, and 10, and so on, the, the names of the cities that were uh, converted. And then but it says in verse 14, the Amalekites were not converted, save only one. I think that was Zeezer, wasn't it? Uh, neither were any of the Amulonites. Remember, Amulon was the one of the priests of Noah. And uh, so in uh, his descendants or those that... Uh, believe like him, uh, are trying to destroy the, the people of God. Down to chapter 24, uh, the Amalekites and the Amulonites and the Lamanites are in the land of Amulon and Helam and Jerusalem, and uh, their hatred becomes exceedingly sore against the Lamanites, especially those that have just been converted. Uh, so the, 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 uh, the people of uh, Amulon are going to come against uh, these people. Okay, verse 6. Now there was not one soul among all the people who had been converted unto the Lord that would take up arms against their brethren. They would not even make their preparations for war, and also their king commanded that they should not. So the people of anti-Nephi-Lehi here have decided that they're not going to fight against the Lamanites when they come against them to battle. And so um, they're going to just lay down their, lay themselves down and let themselves be destroyed. And so... Um, they're thinking that this is merciful, that they're being good. They're bearing their weapons of war. Um, I've often mentioned that uh, there's a typo um, in the on the plates in verse 19 uh, when Mormon has written, uh, thus we see that they buried their weapons of peace. I don't think that they were weapons of peace. But then Mormon changes it or corrects it and says, or they buried the weapons of war for peace. So I think when Mormon came to this part and he, he made a mistake and got ahead of himself in writing, I think he went, oh, I can't change that. And so he added, or they buried the weapons of war for peace. That's just my opinion. All right, so then down to uh, um, in verse uh, 20. So the Lamanites come against the people of Anti-Nephi-Lehi, and the 
people of anti-Nephi-Lehi go out to meet them and they just lay down and they're in the act of praising God and praying unto God as these Lamanites come upon them and start to kill them. They kill a thousand and five of these Lamanites, these uh, anti-Nephi-Lehi's, and those that kill them are sorry that they've done so and they throw down their weapons of war and they become converted. Now the Amulonites and the Amalekites uh, were, were the ones after the... Um, the order of Nehors in verse 28 mentions that they were the ones that were killing most of the people, uh, that the Lamanites that came uh, realized what was going on and probably did not attempt to kill these unarmed people. All right, down to uh, chapter 25. Uh, so now the Lamanites are angry uh, because they had slain their brothers. Uh, they didn't, they did no more attempted to, uh, to do any harm to the anti-Nephi-Lehi's. Uh, and then they, so this is the time when these Lamanites go into the city of Ammonihah and completely destroy all the people, kill everybody and destroy the city. Uh, remember, this was the group of people that said that they could not be destroyed, that they were too strong and powerful and they couldn't uh, be harmed. And here the Lamanites uh, came in and, and wiped all the Nephites out in Ammonihah. Uh, and so then... Um, it came to pass that those rulers who were the remnant of the children of Amulon caused that they should be put to death. And so even the, the people of Amulon are now being sought after and uh, killed. And this is in prophecy or fulfillment of prophecy in verse 11, uh, that Abinadi had suffered death by fire and so are others um, also dying. Uh, verse 14, they also did bury their weapons of war. I wonder if this is maybe the first time that uh, uh, that, that this is where Indians got the uh, burying the hatchet uh, concept. I uh, don't know, just thought of that. Um, down to verse uh, 16, that they still kept the law of Moses, even though that they knew that it, it was uh, the atonement of Christ that they're, that they're supposed to rely upon. Alma chapter 26. So now Ammon uh, is going to meet up with others of the missionaries that went out. They're going to have sort of a missionary re report here. Um, he's boasting, sort of boasting in his strength here, boasting that they've been so, um, this, so many people have been converted. And uh, he says in verse 4, thousands of them rejoice and have been brought into the fold of God. Uh, and then Aaron, it mentions, uh, he's saying, uh, hey, you shouldn't be boasting so much. This is not us that's done this. Um, and then he says in verse uh, 11, I do not boast in my own strength, nor in my own wisdom, but behold, my joy is full. My heart is brim with joy, and I will rejoice in my God forever. And then verse 12, I know that I am nothing as to my strength I am weak, therefore I will not boast of myself. And that's that's all of us, that we all are weak. Uh, God gives us weaknesses that we might rely upon him. Uh, and so as in our weaknesses, we can gain great strength from the Lord. Uh, down to verse 16, let us glory in the Lord. We will rejoice for our joy is full. Um, and so then in verse uh, 21, now behold, my brethren, what natural man is there that knoweth these things? I say unto you, there is none that knoweth these things, save it be the penitent. So because of their repentance and their obedience to the commandments, that's how we receive joy in this life. We're not going to get it by uh, disobedience and doing the things of the world. Now, we might seek to and we, we think we can be happy, but we're not going to have the joy that's lasting and, and eternal. Uh, then in verse uh, 27, uh, remember that they uh, were going to go among the Lamanites, go amongst the brethren, the Lamanites, and bear with patience thine afflictions. The Lord was promising that they would be okay, but that they might have some afflictions as they went forth, and they did. Especially some of them suffered a little bit more than others. 
Okay, let's go down then to uh, verse 37. Now, my brethren, see that see, we see that God is mindful of every people, whatsoever land they may be in. Yea, he numbereth his people. So his people, the house of Israel, are scattered throughout the world, and he knows them. And he knows which ones are going to be receptive to the message when uh, they hear it. That's why we send missionaries throughout the world to seek out the elect of God, those that recognize the voice of the Savior when they hear it. Chapter 27. So it mentions that they have many struggles, uh, wars and, and back and forth with the Lamanites and the Amalekites, uh, lots of things going on. Um, but the people of Ammon uh, are being attacked by the Amalekites. And so Ammon decides that they should go to Zarahemla. But the king is a little bit hesitant because he doesn't think that they're going to be accepted. So he asks Ammon if he would pray about that. And so he does. And the Lord says, take, take these people and go. So uh, Ammon takes a, a small group. He goes into the, as he's going to the um, uh, land of Zarahemla, he meets uh, Alma along the way. Um, and so uh, in verse nine, 19, it says, now the joy of Alma in meeting his brethren was truly great. Uh, and so as they meet and talk, and so they, they take this uh, group of people back to Zarahemla and ask the, the people among the, uh, in Zarahemla if they should, uh, if they could allow the people of uh, anti-Nephi-Lehi or the people of Ammon, if they could come and, and live in the land of, with the Nephites. And they agree that they're going to give up the land of Jershon to be able to have them uh, live there. Now, this is advantageous to the, this is showing the great mercy that the Nephites have in allowing this people who have killed a lot of their family and friends, uh, allowing them to come in. But this is also a blessing to the Nephites because of this group is going to come the 2,000 stripling warriors that we're going to hear about later with Helaman. And so this is going to be a decision that they make that's going to actually bless their lives in the future. Sometimes we don't always know uh, what things the Lord has in store, but uh, this is a good decision that the Nephites are making. All right, chapter 28. So the, the Lamanites are defeated in battle. Uh, tens of thousands are slain. Um, the Nephites are being protected because of their uh, faithfulness. And uh, the Lamanites are repulsed and, and are sent back. Uh, and then at the end of chapter 28, Mormon inserts his, thus we see, uh, there's a three of them here. He says, thus we see how great the inequality of man is because of sin and transgression. Thus we see the great call of diligence for men to labor. And thus we see the great reason of sorrow and also of rejoicing. Sorrow because of death and destruction among men and joy because of the light of Christ unto life. So we need to have that light of Christ in our lives so that we can uh, have the joy that uh, we're expected to have. Chapter 29, then, is um, uh, Alma's um, cry, Alma's appeal, Alma's wish. Uh, he says in verse 1, Oh, that I were an angel and could have the wish of mine heart. I know that as I say those words, there's lots of people that are listening that are singing along the song uh, that's familiar. Oh, that I were an angel. I'm sure some of you were. I could hear it. So this, uh, this wish, actually, uh, is an interesting one. Remember that Alma has an angel appear to him. And so now he's wishing that he could be an angel uh, and going to every nation. And isn't it true that uh, Alma's words do go to every nation? As, uh, as people read the Book of Mormon in different languages throughout the world, Alma has become an angel to all these countries, to all these peoples throughout the world. But Alma also gets his wish in that uh, later on, as we read about Alma and the experiences that he has, that uh, when Alma disappears, uh, we believe that he's actually translated. He actually becomes an angel. Uh, to be able to shout forth the words of repentance to the world. So Alma's going to get his wish, but he's uh, 
He's he's talking about, uh, you know, he should be content with the calling that he's been given and not wish to have something else. Uh, but he, he's doing the best he can. Uh, verse 9, I know that the Lord uh, hath commanded me and I glory in it. Uh, so we should be content with the uh, opportunities that the Lord has given us. Um, and that uh, he's remembering those things that the angel previously told him as well. And so he's not joying in his own success, but in the success that the Lord has had. And he wants to extend that and continue that even as an angel. I bear testimony that these things are true and that as we uh, fulfill the responsibilities and the callings that we have, that we can do other things that the Lord has in store. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.